Hi, my name's Tori and I wish I knew more about blood products. Hi, my name's Letitia. I wish I knew more about taking care of myself when starting shift work. Hi, my name is Lydia. I wish I would know more about how to work as in a team and solve conflict. Hello, welcome to Five Things, the nursing podcast from the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. My name is Liz Crow. I'm Jesse Spur, and this is a podcast by, for, and with the amazing nurses and health professionals in our corner of the world. We hope to connect with a global community as we move from surviving to thriving. Welcome to Five Things. Hello, my name is Liz Crow. I'm Jesse Spur. Welcome to another episode of Five Things Nursing. And today we're welcoming Julia Brownlee, who is making her second appearance on the podcast. Um, Julia is one of our nurse practitioners here in the emergency department. And at the moment, she's also working as the Assistant Director of Nursing for the Office of the Chief Nursing and Midwifery Office here in Brisbane. And today, she's come to talk to us about scope of practice within nursing. Welcome back, Julia. Thanks very much, Liz and Jess. It's great to be here. We might get a little bit of an expansion on your uh, origin story, bio and stuff, but also probably drawing the link between what you've been doing as a nurse practitioner and how you've ended up in this uh, role at the Office of the Chief Nurse and Midwifery Officer. So I guess... um, Hopefully people who are listening to this today has listened to the other uh, podcasts that have been on and I have been very fortunate. It's actually my third appearance, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> um, so I'm sure lots of people know um, from that that I'm a nurse practitioner that works here at the Royal Brisbane and um, have a, what we call a NIPSI sort of NP where I've got a very good specialty around women's health and sexual health from that perspective. Uh, and this year I went on a journey of exploration and I have dabbled my toes out and at the moment I'm working in the Office of the Chief Nurse um, in the practice innovation area actually um, as an assistant nursing director under a project that we're looking at doing for scope of practice for the state of nurses, which is really exciting. So everybody kind of talks about what's your scope of practice or someone's moving outside their scope of practice. What on earth is scope of practice? So I think that's uh, a really good question and probably something that everyone as you said, says, but doesn't really probably understand. So you could come back down to, from a nursing perspective, um, we're registered under the NMBA and they have a very much a definition of what scope of practice is, which is the roles and responsibilities that a nurse is educated to, competent and has authority to do. So that's it. So if you're educated to do the task, if you've got competency and that you've got recency of practice or you're continuing to grow and um, move with the evidence and around that um, that scope of that sort of um, area that you're working in. And then if you've got the authority to do it, which is one of the big things. So where does authority come from? Well, that's built around our national and state legislation. It's around our hospital policies or guidelines or things like our medical and poisons regulations and those kind of things, which has helped what grows and supports all health practitioners in terms of what our scope of practice is. I've had to do some recent education work around scope of practice in rural and remote Queensland as part of my job with retrieval services. And I really struggled to find a way to kind of lock into that kind of how to break it down into domains and ended up really framing it around the the things that impact it are kind of at legislation, are at system, at team, and at individual level. 
And like there's, so there's things that we're bound by at legislative and system level and empowered to do within our scope. And then within a team, that's going to impact it because it's also dependent on, am I the right person or the best person within the team to do this activity? Or is there somewhere, someone that is going to provide a better health outcome for the patient if they do it? And then at an individual level, we dictate it or advance or constrict it by our ongoing education or lack thereof. Yeah. And I think that's completely right because I think when you look at um, the scope of someone, so you can have a scope of a role and then somebody will have a different scope of practice. So, you know, I might be a nurse practitioner and my scope of practice will be different to another nurse practitioner that's got the same title, uh, even if they're working in the same areas, because your scope of practice is what you feel competent in, what you're educated in and what you feel you've been authorised to from that point of view. And I might go to another situation or another environment or another hospital health service that may not have the structures or be able to provide that service because of where they are in the middle of a rural remote. You know, an example probably is just people thinking it's outside nursing, but if you think of a surgeon who might be able to do types of surgery, but he relocates to an area where they don't have the structure or the training or the um, other disciplines that can support that surgeon. He can't do that surgery in that environment. So therefore, his scope is different in that environment versus it is here from that perspective. And it's similar to nursing, especially when you're looking at the rural remote things. But that's not to question that because when we're looking at scope and wanting to optimise scope, which is what um, everything is happening at that national level at the moment, there's you know all these reports that are doing at a national scope of practice for all health professions. It's about you know, why can someone have a scope in one area when it's just about knowledge and delivering and not then move to another area and be recognised for that scope of practice? Yeah. And what we should anticipate is that your scope of practice will grow and change throughout your career. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Jesse and I talked about that. A word that nursing does use, which we might not agree with, is lifelong learning. But that is the thing. You, you, when you come out of your initial degree and from a nursing perspective, that is a registered nurse, which is an um, undergraduate degree, you've got a baseline of what your scope of practice is. Every day after that and every course that you deliver that and every exposure of a new um, procedure or um, you know, further training you might do at different levels, that's broadening and extending your scope of practice within that service. Yeah. And I would hope every healthcare professional has a lifelong learning journey. You know, because yeah, the environment, the context, our knowledge, research, there's no end point to that. No, and I think it's a huge responsibility that health clinicians actually have to take on in versus other professions because evidence in health is rapidly changing. You know, we're leading the way in terms of how healthy and new things that are happening and you have to be able to be on point in terms of, and that's where our CPD comes and all those kind of stuff. It's, it's our responsibility to make sure we are constantly learning new things from that perspective. It's one of the exciting things about being a healthcare professional. Absolutely. The sky's the limit. So your number two is why do we need to think about scope of practice? Well, I think it comes back to, um, you know, why we are health clinicians. We are delivering care and we're providing a service to our community. And so scope of practice is in our responsibility to make sure that what we are delivering, that we are educated. It brings it back to those things that we're educated in the right area. We're competent against what that education or that procedure that we're going to do from that perspective. And so that it's around the safety of what we're providing from that point of view. But that in itself can sometimes bite us because sometimes if people are transitioning or moving across what we call boundaries of health provision in terms of historically, sometimes that gets said, well, what you're doing is new. Is that safe for you to do that from a different discipline? So sometimes it's things, but it's important that you understand what legislation you're written under. If legislation changes, what does that dictate? If you 
from a health clinician point who want, want to change and advance the scope? What legislation do we need to influence so that actually that it can be legally recognised from that perspective as well? It's a really a interesting question, isn't it? Because when, when we go back to looking at scope being influenced by legislation, system, team and individual, there's actually a lot more breadth based under purely under legislation. And then my observation in nursing is more restrictions and constrictions are put on scope of practice as you move down from legislation to team and individual level. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, prime example is our enrolled nurses, which is such an important workforce that we have out there. Their um, legislation and what they're built in and recognised is quite broad in terms of they work under supervision from a registered nurse. But if they're trained in the area that they're doing, then they're recognised that they can deliver as long as they're under the delegation and supervision of the registered nurse. From that perspective, the medications um, and poisons regulation says they're very well trained now, their um, advanced diploma from that perspective in terms of giving all types of medications. But when you come to different hospital health services, the policies that sit there may have not caught up to either the training or they may put some restrictions either because they think that that workforce is not required in that space because they've got registered nurses at delivering it. Instead of optimising and using our resources to its best, sometimes we don't always do that, and for lots of different reasons, I think. It's a great example, um, as again, then, because then the team component in a lot of those situations I've heard can really artificially reduce the EN scope of practice by the types of allocations they receive, by the types of patients they're, uh, they're allocated to look after, not giving any stretch or even application of skills that they have been trained to do. So they get a shrinking scope of practice through those team culture environmental factors as well. Yeah, absolutely. So number three is, I guess I'm curious to understand why is scope of practice so misunderstood? So I think um, sometimes I think if you looked at it at the different levels, so the scope of practice of a nurse for a nurse, sometimes, you know, as we're working through our life, we go through uni and we sort of probably usually learn about legislation and learn. But as you're actually delivering work, sometimes it's in the back of your mind and you don't think about that. And so things that you're legally allowed to do or recognised to do um, either are forgotten because, as Jesse said, sometimes you come into an organisation within that space, it's not either being questioned or it's not allowed. So therefore, it's thought as is not within my scope of practice. Even though my knowledge context might actually know that I know the answer to those things or I know what the reasoning about using those type of tools and that specimen from that point of view. I think then we look at other health professionals as all our health professions learn a certain language, a certain tribe in terms of they learn what, what they know and don't always understand what our colleagues know in terms of their learning things. So when we're looking at opening our scope or working to our optimum scope is what people are trying to say is that that sometimes crosses over boundaries of what was traditional historically done by a certain profession and because they don't understand the learnings or the processes from around that that can sometimes have that misconception that scope that's not in your scope or you're not able to do that or you're not allowed to do that in that you don't have the authority to do that from that point of view. Right. So number four is, does the scope of practice for nurses vary around the world? So if I train here in Australia, can I go overseas and work? Is the work the same? Do we have the same kind of mentality wherever you are in the globe? So I think that the work in a sense is yes, but that the scope can be very different. Um, And that comes back. I think it's all coming back to, isn't it, our authority or the regulation or the recognition and every country does that different because every country's needs are different. Every um, country's ability to deliver similar education things is different. So I think within the Western world, 
it may look similar, but in some of our third world countries, it can be very different. And so when you talk about in terms of what a nurse is, I think the fundamentals are the same, is that it's patient-centered care, that it looks at the holistic person as well as the family. It's about connection and society. And so those fundamentals of nursing are the same. But from my experience in terms of being a nurse practitioner in Australia, so one of one of the only countries that actually registered and regulates and protects the title of a nurse practitioner because it's in law. If I went to say the UK, I don't there's no registration as a nurse practitioner over there. I might just get a job as a nurse practitioner because they recognize my level of training, but it's not recognized in law as being any different and the course requirements are different in the U- US the the training and that is very different from a nurse practitioner and, re- and registered nurse level. So from those points, it is very different. Each state on each um, country has different laws that you really have to work within those for your scope of practice. And so I guess that's what you're saying, isn't it? Is that it's important that we're very clear about what is in scope of practice, what's outside, what people are legislati- legislated to do yep. or not to do. And then if we're going to expand that scope of practice that it's done in a under a banner of professionalism. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So finally, I guess what we're really interested in looking at is all the challenges that are currently being faced in our healthcare system. Where could the scope of practice, just looking at nursing, where do you think it could go in the future? Look, I think that there's so much possibility and and um, I'm going to do a bit of a plug, but that's what this whole project is about and it's looking for our state nurses in terms of this. And it's never been done before from a state perspective and actually going out and asking our nurses, what do you think the barriers are or enablers? Because some places are doing amazing work in terms of nursing models of care and working to their optimal scope. And rural remote is a real example of that where they are doing amazing work out there as registered nurses and nurse practitioners and delivering really high level of care, uh, but making seen that actually the community out there are really beneficial that they're having those guys work out in that environment and then making that be able to be reflective even in our other areas where, you know, even in um, an urban place like this, there are still lacking of ability of services because it's such a high population from that point of view. So I think there's so much ability for us to um, increase our ability to do scope, but there's a lot of um, things that we have to make sure we will communicate that to our different health professionals so they feel uh, understanding and have um, no fears around us doing these things that um, show that it's really built into good qualifications that we're doing from that point of view. Um, but there's ability to change legislation so that if there's health professionals, be it physio or social work, that are expanding their scope and it may not be recognised now, but they are the right people to deliver that type of care to our community and our health conditions are changing. You know, we're advancing health that people are living longer. But with that, the disadvantage is that sometimes they've got more chronic diseases. And what we need to provide is different than it used to be in, you know, 50 years ago when it was more um, acute diseases that were killing people from that perspective. And so we need to be able to change the way that we deliver health. And I think that's by changing our current health professionals and expanding their ability to deliver the way they do care. And I think there's a a lot of um, negativity, gloom, concerns about uh, the state of the health across the globe and our workforce. And often I'm reflecting on it thinking like, in one way, yeah, it's very concerning. And on another way, if we are clever, if we are innovative, if we are open to new ideas, new ways of doing things, expanding scope of 
practice right across all in all of the disciplines, it could be one of the most exciting times to work in health. And I think COVID demonstrated what we can do when we get the red tape out of the way and we let people who've got amazing ideas that are still being, you know, they're not going off and doing things that aren't evidence-based or are non-scientific or unprofessional, but where we can actually go. Yeah, I think I think you're completely right. I think that um, any change and any challenge always brings fear and concerns. And I think that as health professionals, we all have to believe that everyone comes in this to provide safe, evidence-based care to our communities and that we have this massive opportunity to fix things like retention um, because if we're letting clinicians work to their optimal scope of just the base of what they're actually trained, but even expanding that more, they know how to fix a problem. They want to be part of the solution. Um, so we need to let down those other barriers, be it cultural, be it practice, be it legislation, to make sure that we deliver it in a safe care. And I think some of those problems, we actually probably can create solutions to it. Okay. Let's see if I can summarize that. We're going to try to make this lovely and concise today. So we're talking about nursing scope of practice. And the first point we made is what is a scope of practice? And I guess you're talking about it's the roles, the responsibilities, the education, the competence. But the big thing was the authority, the legislative authority of what someone is allowed or um, commissioned to do within their current roles. And Jesse made the point that it's it's sometimes really useful to think about that in the framework of what's the legislation, what's the system, what's the team, the culture and the individual. And that, you know, all of us as healthcare professionals need to see education as a lifelong experience. And so we would be thinking that our scope of practice may be varied and changed over the course of our career. Number two, why do we need to think about scope of practice? And, you know, you really made the point that our individual responsibility to ensure that what we're doing is actually safe and that it actually is approved by someone in an authoritative way, that we need to know our legislation. And if we want to expand or change uh, or be innovative in what we're doing, we just have to do that with the correct channels. Number three, why do you think scope of practice is misunderstood? And I think that what you're speaking about, that there's often this disconnect uh, between, you know, what we are allowed to do under a legislation or under the policies and procedures of our hospital. And then what is the opportunity to advance or expand our scope of practice? And so we need to be really mindful that any change in a scope of practice is you know, follows those guidelines, but also includes conversations with other disciplines so that everybody understands, you know, where we're heading and that we're working towards the same goals. Number four, does the scope of practice for nurses vary around the world? And I guess this is a big yes. And that is dependent on, you know, how people were trained, what opportunities they had for education, what's the culture, what's the legislation, and really importantly, what is the need? And that can be incredibly varied. So someone like Australia, you know, our retrieval services can go out for 12 hours to get to somewhere. In most places in Europe, you would go fly over six countries to do that. And so being able to understand why there's a variance and, and what you need to do if you want to practice elsewhere and what that might look like is really important. And number five is, you know, we talked about thinking of all the healthcare challenges. What's the opportunity for scope of practice to be expanded for nurses into the future? And we want to recognize that there's many challenges and barriers, but this is also potentially a time of 
great innovation and change and that we may be looking to our nursing workforce to really lead the way in terms of how they may change their scope of practice in a very safe, legislative, supportive way to fill some of the huge gaps that we're experiencing across the workforce globally. Yeah, perfect. I think you've done a great summary. And I'd just like to say at the end is that, you know, coming soon, you will see some town halls for nurses across all the disciplines, as well as surveys coming out, because we really want to hear you guys. We want you to feel inspired and engaged and give your ideas and what things are maybe stopping you or what things are working well, so that we can try and replicate and unleash the ability of what nurses can deliver. We're 55% of the workforce that's registered with APRA. So I think we are there. We are on all corners of um, the state from the far north of, you know, um, Thursday Island to the inner things of um, Kanamala. So there'll always be a nurse and we just need to optimise our ability so we can deliver the kind of nursing care that we love to do every day. And that that, um, scoping, you're doing kind of a scoping review of scope of practice. Um, is that only open to nursing staff within Queensland in Australia? It is at the moment. For, it's actually for nurses that work within the state because it's a, um, a government commitment from state nurses. But, you know, if you see a survey, please fill it in wherever you are because we love to hear from nurses and it's just about, um, you know, finding great ideas because normally people have them. Sometimes they just don't have the ability to um, let their voice be heard. Perfect. Julia, thank you for, jo- for joining us once again on Five Things. Thanks. The Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital Five Things Nursing Podcast acknowledges the Turrbal and Yagara as the First Nations owners of the lands we now tread. We pay respect to their elders, laws, customs and creation spirits. We recognise that these lands have always been places of healing, teaching and learning. We also wish to acknowledge the First Nations people of the lands of our global community and encourage our listeners to seek out, listen, and learn from the knowledge held in your shared space. As well as all major podcast outlets, you can find us at fivethingsnursing.podbean.com. Please also subscribe and give us a rating on your listening platform of choice. This helps others find the podcast. And finally, if you'd like to connect with Liz or myself on Twitter, we can be found at Liz Crow 2 and for me it's inject underscore orange we would absolutely love to hear your thoughts ideas or feedback thanks for listening to five things 